Hey everybody, I hope you are having a great Thursday afternoon. I am super excited to bring you this webinar today. You know, we talk a lot about lending programs and how they truly control the return on a deal. And certainly we're all looking for the best possible options to increase cash flow and that cash on cash return I talk so much about. And so when one of my buddies approached me about this program, very excited because it's gonna be a fit for so many of you. And it also is gonna take a little bit of our typical model and allow us to tweak it a little bit. And so we're gonna talk a lot about that as we move forward today. So before I get started, as always, everything I'm gonna talk about today is based on my best guess and judgment based on years of operating a real estate management firm and also an investment portfolio. As always, we are not lawyers, we're not giving you legal advice, but we are gonna give you our best information and we always recommend you consult with the experts in your life who can help guide you on your investment journey. We are one of those experts and then my guest today is another one of those experts. But as always, if you ever have any questions, you can always reach out to me and if I can't answer it, I'll of course direct you to the right person who can. We do have some great webinars coming up. On July 21st, we're going to go over the Texas market comparison. It's going to blow your mind. It really is just unbelievable what's happening in Texas right now. All of our markets are just doing phenomenal. But looking at the numbers in DFW and looking at the numbers in Houston are just insane. And of course, if you look at Austin, where we don't recommend investing because it just doesn't return right now, it's, it's really unfathomable. So we're going to go over all that. And then I'm gonna follow that up on August 11th with a webinar on why North Texas is by far the hottest market in the United States. So definitely recommend you attend both of those. As a reminder, you can always go on our website and go under media to see all of our past webinars and guest classes. And that's gonna be updated on there with today's class probably by tomorrow. And then you also can go on the Facebook page to see upcoming classes. And then of course, if you're on our exclusive investor portal, we have specific classes for you as well, but those won't show anywhere except in that investor portal. You can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube as well as podcasts to be able to find audio versions of our classes that you can speed up. Although I'm told nobody can speed me up because I talk too fast, so probably wouldn't be a good fit. So I have two just amazing people with me today. And I'm you know, proud to say that these are people I trust. You guys know I'm real selective in who I bring on here. And so I wanna start by saying that I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm currently in the process of refinancing something like 30 properties with this program. So I'm the guinea pig. And I'm very excited for what the future with this program is going to be. So before we go into their disclaimer, I'm gonna let them tell you just a little bit about themselves and their background and their experience, and then we can get started. So Wade, you wanna start? Sure, yeah, my name is Wade Como, and I'm the founder and CEO of Catalyst Funding. And we have a few other businesses as well. Actually, Leah manages uh, our single family portfolio as well. And as you guys know, she does a great job, of course. But um, no, we really try to be a one-stop shop for real estate investors. That's our primary objective in the real estate investment lending space. We do offer some other things. We do cash out refis for people that uh, may want to fuel their real estate investments and, and have Leah help you buy more properties. We do cash out refis on your non-owner occupied deals, which I believe Leah is working on with us as well. We can do all of those things in addition to these blanket loans, conforming loans with one credit pool, which a lot of our customers find very attractive. We can try and put you in the best possible product to meet objectives that you and Leah have agreed upon. So that's the big thing we want. We're family owned and operated, Texas based, and we want to be malleable so that we can help you accomplish your goals in real estate, protect your interest while also maximizing your return. Absolutely. And then Austin, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, definitely appreciate it. So I started back in uh, Catalyst in 2017. I am the uh, sales manager here. And so I just oversee the loan officers. Um, we do have a team dedicated to uh, OmniKeys group. So all of you who are you know, working with Leah, we do have a team of loan officers dedicated to work with y'all. Um, so I'll be overseeing uh, the loan officers that are working with y'all. And uh, I personally invest in real estate myself. Um, I started back in 2018. I'm just focused on building a rental portfolio and uh, definitely here to help all y'all succeed in real estate. Awesome. I love it. So before we get started going through the content of what we're going to discuss today, they have their own disclaimer. So I'll let them cover that now. It's very similar to Leah, so I'll just say that uh, it is all advice that we're providing. You definitely want to do your own due diligence. You need to speak with attorneys or CPAs. We strongly encourage that, but we think that's some great content to cover today. Absolutely. And of course, any of the rates or any other terms quoted today are not guaranteed. Of course, things can change on a dime. The market can change. And so just always be sure you verify before moving forward with any product with Catalyst or anywhere else. All right, so guys, tell me a little bit about what you guys offer, because you're more than just the loan program we're gonna talk about today. You really do a lot of different things, and I want them to understand the complexity to what you offer and also the experience that brings you. Sure, um, no, first of all, we do offer hard money loans. And are you guys getting a little bit of reverb on whenever I'm speaking, or is that just Occasionally, on? Just a little bit. Okay, I apologize for that. Um, we do offer hard money loans, and I know that uh, the OmniKey model is a little bit more of not necessarily working on these properties that need a lot of repairs. But if you need to close the property quickly, uh, for some reason, maybe it's distressed and they have a shorter time frame. Or maybe if you're doing one of these blanket loans, we need to make sure that they're all purchase transactions, uh, or I'm sorry, all refi transactions. You might need to purchase two to refi 20 into one blanket loan. There could be some opportunities to take advantage of that hard money financing. And depending on the uh, situation, it can get as low as 6.99 and two points. So it's not as high as a lot of the normal hard money terms might be. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're real estate lenders built by real estate investors. We really try to tailor our products to fit your needs and understand that. We've been involved in thousands of transactions of our own and others over the years. Um, you will have one point of contact for all these different type of loans. You know, a purchase loan for your own home or a refi, hard money loans, non-conforming loans. You'll have one loan officer that can help you through all that. And as I mentioned, hopefully with credit pool. Um, you know, I know uh, Leah and her team greatly care about customer service. We uh, have five-star average reviews on all platforms, you know, Facebook, Google, and uh, that's not easy to do, but our team is dedicated to it. Um, let's see, we do have a, a I know you guys do not do many flips, but if anyone ever did, we do have a VIP flip program. It's not the easiest thing to qualify, but I think a lot of Leah's uh, teammates and members, people she works with are very well qualified, uh, very uh, are fluent and have great credit. So there's a good chance that you could get into that program and some of the flip programs around. Then we're gonna talk about the non-QM and blanket loans today with rates starting as low as 3.875. I will admit that's a little bit lower LTV when you get that, but um, if you're doing cash out or you're maxing out that LTV, they're still incredibly attractive relative to what we see today. Yep, absolutely. So what we're gonna talk about today are two different loan products that they offer. And the blanket loan is gonna be the best fit for most of you. But I do wanna discuss one thing before I go into this. 
So when people see no doc programs, there's this misconception that they're expensive, the rates are high and the terms are poor. And so what's so unique about this product and what's happening in our marketplace right now is there's an overabundance of money. And so there are groups and lenders creating pools of funds that are direct lending products and the terms are far better than what we've been seeing. Now there's a few reasons for that. Right now, number one, the market is strong and so that definitely helps. But it also is about the fact that there is very low interest rates pretty much nationwide. They've crept up a little bit, but things have really calmed down since COVID. And so what we're seeing is this very low rate environment and people getting more aggressive with programs like this to meet that need. And so we've got to kind of get that line of thinking out of our head that no doc programs are expensive or difficult or bad terms because that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a program that offers those things but that offers the terms that we would expect to see from portfolio and direct bank type loans. And that's what's really incredible about what we're gonna talk about today. So the first thing that I wanna go over, and Wade, I'm gonna let you field this, is what is a blanket loan? Because I know a lot of our listeners, they, the vast majority of education comes from us. And we don't really talk about blanket loans because we haven't had a product until today that we felt was a great fit for a blanket loan. I have a few of you that I've put into commercial financing with bulk of your properties where you do one commercial loan and put them all in, so it's similar. But I want to make sure everyone understands what we are talking about right now. So Wade, talk to me about what a blanket loan is and what that means. Yeah, and, and Austin's the next person. I'm gonna let him get into some of the specifics. But on a high level, blanket loan is uh, basically the ability to put multiple properties into one individual mortgage, one individual payment, and there are just a lot of advantages to that. One, it's it's more convenient. Because of the size and scope of the mortgage loan itself, you can really get down the cost, creep the cost down on a wide variety of things from uh, potentially we can negotiate appraisals on uh, bigger deals like that. We can take down points and some other fees. It really allows you to use economies of scale to get the best possible pricing while also having a more convenient product for you. So, um, you know, there there are times whenever you might have 10, prop, 10 mortgages out there that are all separate, separate mortgages, separate payments, maybe with separate banks even. And it can be a little bit more difficult to keep it organized. I know Leah the other day, it was kind of funny. We see this they have large portfolios, they have these Excel spreadsheets because there's a lot to keep up with, right? It's just a, you know, you got these properties with this bank, these properties with this bank, different tax amounts, maybe even different insurance companies. So there's just a lot to keep up with when you have a big portfolio. And I think this does help simplify it. Yeah, for sure. Austin, do you want to dive into some of the particular requirements? Yeah, definitely. And one other thing I do want to mention, uh, I know uh, some, a lot of people don't use conventional financing. Um, but I do just want to point out the fact that if you did use conventional financing, uh, refinancing into this bold product does free up your conventional loan spots. So for those of you who do uh, go towards conventional financing, that is a benefit um, for that. Uh, but as far as the requirements go, to be able to qualify for the blanket loan program, you do have to have a minimum of five properties. And each property has to be, the loan amount has to be at least $100,000 uh, per property. So $500,000 minimum, five properties. Um, we do require two months bank statements just to make sure that you have enough reserves to qualify for the loan, which the reserve requirements are so low, we've never had anybody not qualify um, because of reserves, because it's only 1% of all unpaid mortgage uh, balances. 
plus uh, six months of PITIA for the subject property. So um, let's take a stop there for a second. I want to make sure yeah. we explain terms to people that don't know. So first and foremost, are they required to provide two months of all bank statements or just enough to prove the reserves? Great question. So just enough to prove the reserves. So yeah. many people have tons of different bank statements. We would just, if you have enough in one bank, then we would just need that one bank, uh, two months of one bank. Perfect. Yeah, that was the first question I asked. I really didn't want to have to pull all that together. And so, yeah, it's just for whatever account you need to use or accounts you need to use to prove for that that you're required to have. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about what PITIA is so people understand what that is. Definitely. So PITIA is going to be principal, interest, taxes, insurance, and then any homeowners association uh, or any association dues that are required for the property. So we just want to make sure that uh, the one pay, uh, the one percent of the unpaid mortgage balances that you currently have outstanding, plus the six months of the all-in for the property. So all of the expenses that are associated with that property, we want to make sure you have at least six months in reserves to qualify. Perfect. And before we go on to the next section, I just want you to know this DSCRUC is the debt service coverage ratio. I'm going to let them explain to you what that is. And this piece right here is key because when the market is tight, like it is right now, and although most of us are still finding fantastic deals, often a lot of these products require you have more profit on your monthly flow than what you may have, especially if you're having leveraged and things like that. And so having a DSCR of what they offer, this is pretty much unheard of. I haven't seen another program with it this low. So I just want to say that going in. So Austin, please continue. Definitely appreciate that. So uh, DSCR is debt service coverage ratio. And what, uh, and also if you hear about these loans, some people may refer to these loans as DSCR loans. So if you hear somebody use the term DSER loan, non-QM loan, um, they're gonna be referring to the same product. Um, but DSER, debt service coverage ratio, is the amount of expenses that you have out that you have to pay for the principal interest taxes, insurance, homeowners association, versus the monthly income that's coming in. So having a 1.0 DSER just means that you are breaking even every month. So to give an example, if you have your, uh, your all-in payment with your taxes insurance, the PITIA, uh, if that, all of that is $1,000 a month, and then you're collecting $1,000 a month in rental income, that would be a 1.0 DSCR. So to be able to qualify, your property just has to break even. So I'm sure most of you aren't just breaking even on your properties, you're probably cash flowing, which, uh, which would allow you to qualify for this product. Um, now, I do want to point out that with the blanket loan product per property, you have to have at least a 1.0 DSCR. So there may be some deals in your portfolio where you're not cash flowing as much. Um, and there may be some deals in your portfolio where you may be losing a little bit of money because maybe you're making an equity play. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons why somebody's DSCR may be below one. But across the entire portfolio, we need it to be 1.15. Uh, to be able to qualify. So if your uh, you know, monthly payment was uh, $1,000 a month, we would want to make sure that you are uh, renting it out for $1,150 a month. Yep. And so none of you should have any trouble reaching this criteria. The one thing I do want to point out is, as you guys know, we get access to very good financing and specifically Michael and I personally. I've never had a loan product that I've dealt with on a bank or portfolio type product that's less than 1.25. So it's really, it's a good DSCR.
Now, one thing I do want to point out, and one thing I think it's important we cover is, Wade and Austin, what areas can you offer this product in? This is a national product. Um, you know, it, our hard money loans, we do not have the ability to go into some areas that you're maybe working in at times. Most of them probably can't because you're a Texas-based company, but this particular product can go anywhere. Um, now, we do have to have solid comparables. It, it, you know, if, they're, if it's an impossible area, it's a very rural area and it's impossible to get solid comparable sales and there may be an appraisal that's unacceptable to the investor, which we have not seen thus far. I just want to give a little bit of a disclaimer, but it's not like if you're in Los Angeles or you can find a deal that cash flows in Los Angeles, or if you're if you're in uh, Atlanta or Chicago or wherever you may be, or even smaller areas where we can get a solid appraisal, it can still be uh, put into these, either the individual or the blanket loans. Perfect. And I did want to add on one thing to that. You, this also doesn't uh, require the properties to be in the same area. So if you have properties in Chicago over in Houston, uh, in Dallas and they're in different areas, we can still lump them together into the same loan. Yep. And one thing I do want to point out, that $100,000 loan amount, that's the new loan amount, not your existing. So you, you're cashing out typically as part of this product, or if you're already max lent, you're just going to refinance. That just has to be $100,000. It doesn't matter what your current mortgage is. Yes. Yep. Uh, one more thing I did want to mention that I noticed that we skipped over was the lease agreement. So this is really important and this is a requirement for the loan. Each property has to have an updated lease agreement. The property has to be occupied. Um, so I know many, uh, I deal with a ton of investors who uh, may have owned their rental portfolio for a long time. They may have tenants that they just haven't got updated lease agreements with. Um, if you're one of those uh, investors uh, and you're wanting to go through this product, I would suggest go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, reaching out, getting updated leases because those would be required in order to close on this transaction. Yep. Perfect. All right. Let's keep going. Um, so the the credit score, um, we can actually go down to a 680. Now, I'm sure that, you know, the people that are on this call probably all have much higher credit scores. But um, to be able to qualify for the best terms, you do have to have a, a 760 credit score. Um, to be able to get the best of the best, best rates, best LTV, all that kind of stuff. Um, on this program, escrows are required, so that is important to notate. Um, and that is going to, uh, there's no exception that can be granted for that, so that is going to be required on all, all loans for the blanket loans and then also for the individual uh, loans if you're just looking to refinance one or two properties. And I do uh, just clarify for anyone who doesn't know what that means. That means that you are actually going to pay as part of your monthly payment, the prorated taxes and insurance and any HOA and anything else into that payment to be held in escrow to pay out at the end of the year. Correct. Yeah. And especially for busy professionals, um, escrowing taxes and insurance, uh, it does make it a little bit easier. So that way you don't have to worry about stroking a check at the end of the year, uh, you know, uh, having to keep up with all of the different, you know, taxing entities and, uh, you know, insurance payments that you're paying on your properties. Yeah, for me, uh, having to write 400 checks at the end of the year was a nightmare. So this was actually one of the attractive pieces of this program for me. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so flood insurance um, would be required if the property is in a flood zone. Um, I think that this is pretty common for most lenders, but um, if your property is in a flood zone, then that would be required. And there is a five-year prepayment penalty so you see there on the slide, it says PPP. 
this is a common term that's used uh, with these DSCR non-QM products. And that uh, a prepayment penalty is a penalty that you incur if you were to pay the loan off within a specific period of time. So with these blanket loans, there is a five-year prepayment penalty and it says step down. So a step down would just mean that in the first year that you have the mortgage, you if you were to sell or pay off the, uh, the loan, then you would owe 5% of the unpaid mortgage balance. So, uh, I'm sorry, 5% of the principal balance, the initial original principal balance. In the second year, you would pay 4% if you were to sell it and so on and so forth. So after five years, there would be no uh, penalty on you know selling uh, or paying off your loan. Um, but I, since these are 30 year fixed products, um, I would assume that most of you want to be selling them off within the first couple of years if you're doing the blanket loan program. Correct. And then this brings up an important piece. And this is one of the things that we talked about pretty extensively. A lot of our clients might sell one property and might not sell the rest. So tell me how it works if you sell one of the properties and how that works for the prepayment as well. That is a, uh, that's a great question. So um, there's an important term for everyone to know, and, and that's called release provisions. So anytime that you're dealing with blanket loans um, in your loan documents, there is going to be a section that goes over the release provisions, which means what happens whenever I sell a property that's inside of a blanket loan. Um, many times, most of the loans that we're familiar with, uh, who, uh, and most companies who offer this, uh, they have release provisions where if you were to sell a property, it's not going to necessarily reduce your payment and reduce your principal balance by the equal amount of that particular property that you're selling off. Um, the big question is you can't 1031. So if you were to sell one of the properties, not only would you have to put the entirety down to paying down the loan, that means you can't 1031 your profit, which means then it's subject to taxes. Yeah, so the great thing about our release provisions are whenever, as long as the property stands alone and the DSCR for that subject property is 1.15, then we can actually take off that full balance uh, that's equivalent to that property, take that full balance off and take your monthly payment down associated with that property, which is very unique. And so if you were to sell a property, then that would just come down. Um, now, the prepayment penalty would um, be in place uh, for that first five years, um, from my understanding, Wade. I'm not sure if, uh, if you've had any updated information on that. It would that just is, be on the one property, though, correct, Wade? That is my understanding, that it's on the one property. We are, this is a new program. I do not have that completely nailed down. We have everything else nailed down, that, but I can start the background with you, and you can send an email to the attendees. But it is my understanding that it is for the one property. But I need to get that absolutely well done because that's not a question that's come up this far and it is a new program. Yep. Uh, I've got two more questions. I've tried to hit them all as I go, but I've got these two. I actually don't know the answer to. Would properties used for Airbnb qualify for this program? So the property does have to be in a standard lease, right? Which is a 12-month lease. So Airbnb properties would not qualify for this program. With that said, we do have an alternative program that we can do Airbnb type properties, but it would not be a blanket loan. The terms would not be quite as attractive. It would have to be in a separate product, but we do have products available for that. And then we could take the requirement of having five properties down to four if I sell one of the properties and I start with only five. Um, 
That's another question that's not come up yet. I, I don't know if there would be a preclusion from you going below five. I do not anticipate that there would, but that is another unique question that I've not been approached with yet. Sure, you're saying if you had five as the minimum, would it be a problem to pay it off and go down to four? That's that's a good question. That's, that's new and exciting programs, new and exciting questions come up. So we will uh, ask those questions to the investor and, and circle back around with you. Um, we have very educated clients, as I mentioned, so they know the right things to ask. Great question. Explain the 1031 exchange issue again. So I just want to cover this again very quickly. With most blanket loan products, when you sell a property out of that blanket loan, you cannot just pay down the amount that that property originally was. They require you, and I've actually had a client run into this with a program they did outside of us, where they had to pay the entire proceeds on the loan. The problem with that is, is that if you don't 1031 the part of the proceeds that is over your basis or your profit, you're paying taxes on that. So you can't 1031 it. So that's where that issue comes into play. So if you follow our model and you 1031 and defer, 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 if at some point you sell a property and you have to pay it off in full and can't carry over the profit and you have to pay down that full amount and potentially if value had changed, it could really present a problem for you from a tax perspective. So let's, I'll give an example. You have a property and there's a $100,000 sale price but your loan was only for 80,000 with this blanket loan. They will actually require you put all of the proceeds back onto the loan instead of being able to take the extra 20,000. And so then not only would whatever part of the 20,000 over the basis be subject to tax, you're also not decreasing the payment or anything else of that blanket loan. So there's a lot of negatives to those typical blanket loans. Yeah, I am unsure. It sounds like you've definitely thought through the 1031. I cannot definitively say one way or the other how it's impacted with the release provisions, but I, I jotted down both questions that have come up and we're going to follow up again to get the answers on those for sure. Yep, we can actually do a quick little touch up webinar that we pre record yep. and mail out to everybody once we get the full list of everyone's questions. Perfect. Great. Um, I have a question here about the LTV for this loan program, which we're going to talk a little bit more about, but can you just kind of give the basics on that? Yeah, we'll, we'll cover a little bit more about that in a second, but 75% uh, is the max LTV on the blanket loan program, but we can't have the opportunity to go higher on individual loans as high as 80%. And what would the rate difference be typically that you would see between that? Austin is going to be the expert on that. Austin, I'll let you answer that question. I know it's kind of varied based on FICO and a lot of other factors, but here's some approximations. I would say if you're needing a range, I would say between half of a percent to one and a half percent. Um, there are many different variables that go in, especially whenever you're not doing the blanket loan, if you're just doing individual loans, um, it's going to depend on your personal situation, such as your credit, uh, but a lot of it will depend on the property itself. So it's going to depend on, you know, the DSER, so the cash flow of the property um, and uh, the loan amount, the loan to value. So uh, the rate I would say on average between half and one and a half. Yeah. Perfect. A uh, couple more questions. Can you cash out refi a few existing homes and purchase a new one at the same transaction to get to the five properties? I would imagine that would be complex, but probably could be done potentially. Yeah, go ahead, Austin. I was gonna say that's a great question, and that is actually a situation that we just encountered a couple days ago. And um, because they are two separate transactions, like a, a purchase and a refinance, they cannot be done together under one transaction. Um, we do have, I'm sorry, what was that? You could close the one and then refinance immediately. 
Correct. Exactly. And so some for some of our clients that we're working with, um, and this one in particular, we're actually just closing um, using our short-term financing uh, with our hard money loan, closing on it quick, and then just refinancing all of them together. So that's another option. Perfect. And then last question, is LTV based on ARV? So you guys are using terms you've heard from me, which is great, but I want to talk a little bit about this so that you understand. This is not a rehab program. So the vast majority of the programs that we use, as you guys know, we don't use hard money because our lenders allow us to roll in the repairs in the upfront loan for no penalty. So when we talk about an ARV, we're talking typically about an after repair value. So I just want to make sure it's clear that there are no repairs that are able to be rolled into this product. The property must be stabilized and have a lease in place. So the loan to value of that 75% is based on the value now in a new appraisal, not after repairs are completed. So it's actually based on whatever the value is and the percentage of that value based on a, a third party appraisal. Absolutely. All right, let's keep going. So now let's talk about really what I see is the largest benefit of this program for people that are either busy or maybe don't have great tax returns. What do you not require? Um, so we definitely do not require any personal financial statements. Um, so some of these programs would require you to send in updated um, you know, statements such as tax returns as well, um, especially if you're working with banks or other programs that are able to get the rates and terms as uh, attractive as, as what we currently have here. So there's not anything that you're going to have to continually send in. Um, so we don't need tax returns, nothing like that. This is a no income doc program. So for people who are self-employed, who may write off a ton on their taxes, um, we don't look at income at all. Now, one of the things to think about with entities, and uh, Connor, I'm going to take your question and tweak it a little bit. The properties are going to be in one loan once this loan product closes. So they will have to be in the same entity as of that time. But some of your properties may be in personal names, business names, LLCs, whatever. As part of the refinance process, they can be placed into a new entity as part of a refinance. So you don't have to change title and then refi. You guys can do that as part of the refinance process into the LLC, correct? Correct. That's no problem at all. Yep. Perfect. So then, uh, another point that I did just want to point out on the LLC part, if you do own um, more than 20% of the company and you have multiple members, uh, if you own more than 20% and it's uh, specified in your company documents that you have the ability to sign on behalf of the company, and it, it details exactly the percent ownership that you have and it's about 20 percent then you can only have you, you have the ability to only have one person sign so that way if you know you have many different members all of them don't have to go sign the closing documents perfect all right so let's cover a few of the highlights we didn't talk about yet austin you want to take that uh yeah so the rates on the blanket loan product are going to start at 3.875 percent at the beginning, as Wade mentioned, this is going to be the best of the best. So this is going to be a lower LTV um, uh, to be able to obtain that interest rate. Uh, I would say on the majority of the blanket loans that we're seeing, they're between four to four and a quarter percent if you're looking at a high LTV. Uh, this is a 30-year fixed product. So 30-year fixed, 30-year amortization. Um, this is the best of the best. <laughs> so many of these loans that you look at, maybe a 20, 25 year AM, uh, this is a true 30 year fixed product. Um, as we mentioned, 75% loan to value on the blanket loans. Um, we can go up to 80% in the, 
individually if you were looking at that. Uh, these blanket loans, we have the approval for $10 million um, for one single transaction. Um, anything above that would be a uh, on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, and also for those of you who do also own uh, small multifamily, so between like five to 20 units, we can include those into this blanket loan as long as the majority of the properties are one to four unit single family residents. So if you own- Multifamily also be at the 30 year amortization if included in the package. Correct, exactly. So that's it's very exciting for sure. Yes, um, you, you have a multifamily of mine in my package. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, this is a, uh, you can close in a company name. You can do LLC if you have S Corp, C Corp. Um, as Leah mentioned earlier, uh, if you have properties and individual names, different company names, you don't have to worry about anything. All of that will be handled uh, at closing with a title company, refinancing them from your previous entities or your personal name into uh, the new company uh, that you've made for this. Perfect. Now we have a question. Uh, the first part is, will the loan be reported to credit bureaus, i.e., will this loan show on your credit, which I'll add a caveat to that, and does that change if it's in your personal name versus an LLC? So uh, you are signing a personal guarantee on these loans, even if it is in an LLC, right? So that is that is one thing to consider. But um, it really, the servicer that we use currently does report to credit, but it is not counting as a mortgage against your uh, your Fannie Freddie Max. So that is one important differentiation to understand. So we have already uh, cleared at the highest level, since we also do conforming loans, that whenever you do this, this package product or when you do individual loans, it is not going to count towards your number of Fannie Freddie loans if it's in an LLC. Now you can borrow. Um, and, and some non-QM products in, in your individual names as well, right? And, and also, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you can in this product as well. We've had one more over it several times. Um, but if you do that, then it does count towards your Fannie Freddie tool if you're borrowing in your individual name. So that is a very important differentiation. Just because you can do it in your individual name does not mean that you should if you have ambitions to come back and do Fannie Freddie at a later date. And again, as a reminder, you all know, I was very anti-Fanny going into and before going into COVID, and now I'm more so. The thing that I will say, programs like this, for those of you that are not looking to sell in the two to three, two to four year mark, you're not gonna find a better product in an LLC name at rates like this. You'd be hard pressed to find something that competes. I can tell you that as well qualified and as large as my portfolio and holdings are, I was getting mid to high fours. So for me, even someone that's extremely experienced and been doing this and has a you know a really good asset mix, we weren't even getting rates this low, which is why this product is so incredible. And the points to get there are much lower than most of the programs that we see. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, I was gonna mention the interest rates right now on this program are very comparable with what the government backed programs are offering. So um, especially if you're putting it in a company name, it's it's a uh, it's a no-brainer to take advantage of this program. One other thing I did want to mention is the more properties that you do um, purchase or refinance into this blanket loan program, um, the better the pricing will be. Um, we're able to drive down the price, such as you know uh, doc prep fees, potentially appraisal fees, if you have more properties that you're including in the transaction. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, somebody was mentioning the, uh, you know, refinancing five units and um, just know since you're incurring costs of a transaction, 
being able to go ahead and lump them in and take advantage of the interest rates that are currently offered um, is going to be the most advantageous thing to do. Um, right now, with the ability to raise capital at which we've raised it at, um, you know, single family real estate is considered the safest and best asset class to invest in. And so being able to buy as many properties as possible um, right now to take advantage of this product is, is, uh, is very important in my opinion. Just wanted to throw that out there. And Lee, I don't know if any of your uh, people that you work with ever have an opportunity to buy a bulk transaction. Like this could be done as well. I know we mentioned earlier that you can't necessarily purchase two properties and include it with 12 other properties that are being refinanced. We have to do hard money or something like that on the two and then refile at the same time. But you might be presented with a package opportunity, right? Like a 15 or 20 home package opportunity. That would be ideal for this type of product on a blanket purchase line. Yep, so long as there's enough time to close it. And that's really, you know, where the issue comes into play in today's market. But yeah, I have a couple packages of properties I bought in the last two years, and that's in the group that you're refinancing for me as well. It would have been great to have this program up front. But y'all keep in mind, lots of these packages that we send you for groups of single families or duplexes, often they need work. And if you don't do the work before you go into this program, you can't cash out to get your money back on the work because you'll be in a prepayment penalty. So it's best to use this as a refinance option on the back end. Yeah. Um, so one other thing uh, on the previous slide, uh, we didn't talk a lot about, but uh, we did talk about how it's easier than the bank loans. But there's a lot of different things that I think are easier. We talked about not having to provide tax returns. We talked about not having to provide as much documentation, personal financial statement, which I have to provide with regularity. It is no picnic you got to do quite a bit of work with that. But there's additional things, like with a lot of the banks, and I'm not sure about the banks you guys work with, but some of the banks I work with, they may have ongoing documentation requirements that they want to see every year, right? So it's not like a one time you're done. Conversely on this, there are not ongoing documentation requirements. You don't have to send in a PFS every year. You don't have to send your tax returns every year. It's, uh, it's kind of like a little bit more like the primary residence that you might have. You know, you qualified when you bought it, and then after that, as long as you make your payments, you're kind of meeting the expectations of the lender. So I think that's also quite attractive is the ease of post-closing versus some of the banks, because I know they can have a lot of expectations. Yeah, 100%. So one of the other things I want to talk about is non-QM loans and not looking at the blanket product, but rather the one-by-one -one product for someone who wants to do one at a time, or maybe they only have a couple properties in their portfolio right now. So tell me a little bit about how the product that is the similar kind of partner to that works for that situation. Definitely. Um, so the minimum loan amount on this product is gonna be 75,000 per individual property. So uh, it is a little bit lower than the blanket loan program. So if you had a property that had a lower uh, you know, value, if you're looking at you know, the $100,000 range, we still do a 75% loan on that. Um, we can go up to 80% LTV for purchases and refinances um, on an individual basis. Um, and the, okay, so the next one is the three month seasoning period. Um, so this just means that you have to own the property for three months before being eligible to refinance into this loan. Um, so most DSCR non-QM products are gonna have some sort of seasoning period usually, and uh, ours is three months. So you just want to keep that in mind if you're going to buy a property um, and you need to add some work to it, you just have to own it for three months before you can refinance it. Um, cash out is going to be maxed at 75%. So 
So if you're looking to pull cash out of your property, 75% would be the max. Um, unlike the five-year prepayment penalty on the blanket loans, this program, you can go down to a two-year prepayment penalty. Um, now, you are going to pay an increased interest rate to be able to get down to, uh, to lower the prepayment penalty. Um, but for those of you who are planning on selling it in three, four, or five years, it may be beneficial. Uh, the next one, same two months bank statements. That's not going to change from the blanket loan program that we talked about. Um, lease agreements, again, are required, so you do have to have that set in place. You have to have it occupied. Um, they must be up to date. Um, the reserves, same reserve calculation if you're doing the blanket loan or the individual properties, so that's not going to change. And the DSCR is the same 1.15 to be able uh, uh, to get the best rates. This You can go down to 1.0 DSCR and still qualify. It's just going to be a little bit higher rate and it would be maxed at 70% LTV uh, if you're, you know, barely cash flowing on the property. And so to compare that against the blanket loan, let's say you have the same property option on a cash out in both. What would the rate difference be between the one in the blanket loan that's part of a package versus the one here that's individual? Because the 75% term for the cash out is the same for the LTV. So what would the difference in rate approximately be? If you're doing a cash, so uh, just so I understand what you're saying, if you're doing a cash out refinance on just one individual property versus if you were doing a cash out refinance through the blanket loan. Correct. Okay, at 75% LTV, if uh, I would assume it would probably be about half of a percent difference. The blanket loan would be about half of a percent lower uh, than the individual loan on both doing a 75% cash out. So say something like 4.25 versus 4.75. You got it. Perfect. A few more questions for you from people. Would a fourplex be considered four properties or would two fourplexes meet the minimum requirements? That is a great question. And uh, it, that would be considered two properties. So single family real estate is one to four units. So just because it's a four unit property, um, you have four units on it, it would still be considered one property. So you would still need to have five individual um, properties, which you could look at as separate legal descriptions. So you would want to have uh, those four individual, pro I mean, sorry, five individual properties. Perfect, I've got a couple more. Um, Y'all, some of you I'm answering you directly because I know these answers and we've already covered it. So on a six unit apartment, you will do a 30 year fixed. The answer is yes, as long as it's part of a package of other single families as well in the blanket loan. Yes. Correct. And the and it's a majority single family. I do want to throw that out there because you can't have, you know, five multifamily deals and then throw in one single family and, and get a product. Half the majority consists of single family, one to four units. Perfect. Do you service the loans in-house or do you sell the loans? They're serviced by a company which I am a uh, minority owner in, but not not a majority. It's based out of uh, based out of Illinois. And then with these programs, there's no maximum cash out amount on the packages, only just subject to the loan to value requirements, correct? That is correct. Correct. So what that means is that if, if the package that you bring them gets you a half a million back, that's fine. Five million back, that's fine, as long as it meets that 75% LTV. That is correct. Uh, example of when points would be two to three points versus one to one and a half. So the, the higher points are always going to be the smaller loan amounts, uh, and it's also credit and individual loan based, right? So if you have a, I think 
I like to call it a sliding scale is the easiest way to describe it. And there's a lot of factors that impact. It is the DSER and the individual property. It would be the FICO score of the individual, the LTV, cash out. There are a lot of factors that go into it. And there are times whenever uh, points can be moved to higher interest rates and back and forth. We have some flexibility between those two to also accomplish your most important objective. So if you want to have an extremely low rate, but some of those other parameters aren't quite as good, then you're going to have the highest possible fees. Um, it's all just a sliding scale depending on the individual deal. Yep. And then last question I have for right now, if you're not able to pay the loan for some reason, what happens? What's the worst case scenario? Well, um, I, I worked for this company for a time, as I mentioned, they, they are not in the business of trying to foreclose properties, but of course there is an obligation to the investors that the mortgage does have to be paid. Um, what, what's interesting about this group, this servicing company, is that it was born at the time back in 07, whenever the mortgage crisis was in place. And the main thing that we did as an organization was to help people that were in challenging spots with their mortgages. So we would do workouts, uh, alternatives that, quite frankly, the big, big banks were not very good at. So they are very good at working through difficult situations, uh, finding creative alternatives that allow you to maintain the property. They are not wanting to own a bunch of properties. They're wanting to be a great lender and servicer. So uh, while there are points where every company must make tough decisions, just like you might have to meet the tenant, eventually there might need to be aggressive action take place, but it's definitely not the objective to take place early on. And they are experts at finding creative solutions. Perfect. Thank you for that. All right. Let's talk about how the appraisals work on this. Yeah, uh, I'll take that. So on all of our programs, we have worked very diligently to have excellent panels built in each major city. So in, in Texas, so in Houston, greater Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, we have built panels of appraisers who understand this specific business. And um, some of the things that are unique about most appraisers is the average person, probably 95% of their business is owner-occupied business. And the thing that's unique about that is they get a purchase contract, right? So they have a number to which they should drive. So that's a powerful thing. They kind of know that there's going to be a, uh, at least a, a uh, seller upset and possibly a buyer upset if that number is not accomplished. Right? You don't have that in a refinance transaction. So it's a very different environment. So we have worked with a group of appraisers who understand a wide variety of things. One, good investors get good deals. So they may purchase it at a discounted price. They may have put money into the property themselves and they do not worry about the past. They worry about the present or the after repairs value that's projected and the repairs that are on that repairs list. So um, in my opinion, they do a very good job of providing ethically fair values. And they understand the expectation that we have as a lender is that they're not supposed to stretch values unrealistically, but they are supposed to get to the highest comparables in that area so that we can give the highest possible loan to our bars in an ethical way. Those have to be substantiated. They must be, they must meet all the normal standards. They've got to be, you can't pass up comps in the neighborhood that are close to go two neighborhoods over, you know, all those principles that we all understand. But I think they do an excellent job of giving good fair values. And conversely, like I work with a lot of banks that do have done my loans in the past uh, for investment loans. And often some of them have to go through big national AMCs. A lot of the competitors in this space have to go through big national AMCs. And 
I would say that when you work with a big national AMC, there's only one way in which they lose that relationship. That's if they come in too high, not if they come in too low. And conversely with us, if we consistently see people giving unfair values to investors, you have the ability to say, you know, you have to be more reasonable. And they do a very good job also of taking comparables that we provide. So they may come in lower than we would all hope the first time, but we do expect them to be not uh, take personal offense to the fact that we're feeling that value and providing comparables. They need to be reasonable. If they're good, solid comps, they're very willing to modify their number if it's ethical and reasonable. Yeah. And that's the difference. You know, after the market crash, a lot of laws went into place with conforming and backed mortgages where lenders can't even talk to the appraiser. They have to use what's called an appraisal network. And the problem with that is there's just no control and there's also no consistency. And, you know, I have someone buying one of my properties right now who went with a lender he's known forever, but they went to a new bank. And unfortunately, that new bank didn't have an appraiser for that area. And so it really, it blew the timeline. And so, you know, I reiterate as always, we don't get kickbacks from the people that we refer to you. We're not getting paid or getting benefits or anything. We bring them to you because they do a good job. And that's really important because there are so many lenders out there and so many programs out there. There's a reason why we recommend the ones we do. And that's because we want to make sure that your deals go smoothly as much as possible. And that especially if you're dealing on the purchase that it doesn't blow up. Absolutely. A couple more questions. Uh, would this product work with a self-directed Roth IRA? The answer is going to be no to that because this is a personally guaranteed product and you can't do that. I have a separate lender that we work with for IRA lending. Is that appraiser relationship the same across the country or just Texas specifically? So we do, we do deal with national AMCs because we have not had the opportunity to build appraisal panels in every city across America. So that, that higher level of customer service is here locally. But I will say that we do have, uh, we work with some of the better appraisal management companies that are out there. And we have a wide berth of those to which we can go. And we do exert pressure on them to provide great customer service. And we don't send more deals to them if they don't do a great job. But at the end of the day, definitely it is gonna be more comparable to what some other people might have outside of the state of Texas, but in those major metros we discussed, we think it is a truly differentiated experience. And then I have a question about whether or not you can include a primary home in the state. I'm assuming the answer is no. I just want to make sure. That would be no. Yeah. yeah. Although, going. as I mentioned earlier, we do offer with one credit pool. That's a very good thing. You could get the blanket loan and we could do a, a cash out refi on your primary residence with one credit pool. So you don't have to go to two different lenders. You don't have to have two different loan officers. You don't have to have two separate credit pools. Perfect. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about the title company because this is key. You know, one of the biggest expenses with a refinance are the title company costs. And so what have you guys worked out with your preferred title company? Well, one, I think they provide excellent customer service. We talk about partners all the time. And this is a partner that uh, is just outstanding. I can get the president on the phone and and my team can if we're having a challenge. And there are, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. Every company has challenges at, at times, but the question is, can it be resolved in a reasonable time frame? And is there communication? These guys are excellent. In fact, we were working on a uh, 69 house package with a, another person on a refi and the title company was dragging forever. And I said, can you get title back to us on 69 properties in 48 hours so we can still meet the closing date? Now, the, the 
person was unwilling to move it over. He said, I'm just going to take it longer for my current title company, but they committed to doing it. And I'm very confident they would have, because they've never given us a commitment like that, not followed through. So they're really good. They also uh, have a fully dedicated examiner to our files and they get us the, uh, they get us the, the, the commitment, not the policy, but the commitment within 24 hours. They're very efficient. And um, they also offer no escrow fee on refinances or closing fees. That saves three to sometimes $500, depending on what the title company may be working with. And they do a free mobile notary on all closings. And it could be actually two. Let's say you have a busy professional. One, the, the wife is uh, traveling on business to Chicago. The husband is here uh, in town in Dallas or, or in Houston. And uh, it could actually be both. And they would use a mobile notary for both to make sure the transaction is smooth and easy for both people. Yeah, that's just phenomenal. So I think we covered a few of these, but I'd like to take just one more opportunity to go through truly the benefits of doing either of these program options. So Austin, you want to cover these for a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, the huge thing is that this is a 30-year fixed, 30-year amortization. Um, no five-year refinance term. I think she's talking about the bank loans that they often have. It may be a five-year balloon or five-year. Yeah. Oh, so like five arms. Yeah. So traditional portfolio lending, it's a five-year fixed period, and either it's a balloon at the end of five years, or you're going to have one five-year reset. Which, you know, for many of us, that's what the vast majority of our properties are, and it's a great product, especially if you're rolling in rehab up front, et cetera, et cetera. But the opportunity here is that if you have properties that you know you're going to be keeping for a few years. This is a phenomenal opportunity to get into that 30-year amortization, 30-year fixed. And what that allows us to do is increase cash flow significantly. And I'm actually going to show you an example of one of how that actually looks and how much it increases your return. Definitely. And yeah, that's a, that's just a huge deal because for those of you who are wanting to keep properties for a long time, not having to worry about just the, the hassle of having to either refinance, look at selling, um, anything like that. Um, as we mentioned, this does not have to go in your personal name. So you, you can uh, you know, create a company, use an existing company, as long as it's business purposes for investing in real estate. Um, we could definitely do that. Cash uh, out 75%. Um, you don't necessarily have to 1031 exchange to keep your return high, um, which I'm sure Leah, you can you know, add more on to that. <laughs> yep. Um, um. I'll actually, I'll cover that when I go over the differences in just a little bit, so we can slip past that. Perfect. Awesome. Um, so whenever you refinance into the blanket loan, uh, it does free up your slots to be able to get more conventional, uh, you know, Fannie Freddie um, uh, loans. So that's a, uh, that's a huge benefit for those of you who do that. Uh, and there's no limit to the number of properties you can do in this program. So um, some lenders max you out as, at a certain number of properties, certain number of loans. We have no limit. We have no uh, max on the properties that you can do. Um, and uh, there are the minimal doc requirements. Two months bank statements, need your driver's license. It is very minimal document requirements to be able to get this pushed through. So, um, so yeah, I think those are a few huge benefits. Can I make one of the quick comment before we move on to this next one? I know we had talked a little earlier about um, you know properties that may be in need of some repair, and um, if you do come across those on occasion, and it is one that uh, you think it could be more beneficial to do a short-term hard money at very attractive rates, like we mentioned earlier, then get locked into that 30-year. 
you need to weigh that against the bank option where they can weigh it all in, include it all in. And it's just dollars and cents and, and making sure what your situation is. One thing that we have been talking a lot on our uh, market updates and I've been thinking a lot about in my own personal investments is just where inflation goes from here. There are a lot of indications that inflation is going up rapidly. We're printing money at an unprecedented pace at the moment. And we're already starting to see that lumber prices, uh, a lot of uh, commodities are, you know, just going up exponentially. So the fact that you can't get into a 4% loan for 30 years is fantastic. And even if you don't have a balloon on some of these bank products, just a simple reprice every five years, 25, I mean, rates could be significantly higher in a few years, potentially, because that's one of the only levers that we've seen historically that governments use to start to tamp down inflation is to really increase rates. So. It's an unusual situation to be able to lock them in for 30 years on these non-owner activities. Yeah, it's superb. I, there's just there's no there's no way around that. It's superb to have a 30-year AM in the fours. Yep. Outside of Fannie Mae, which you know again we we use it when we have to and when people need to, but of course if if cash flow is king, but you also want to protect your assets, not have it in a personal name, this is kind of the the golden egg to be able to do that. Yeah. Couple quick bullet points here. Uh, once the blanket loan closes, you cannot add properties. That'd be great if we could, but unfortunately we can't. That question's come up quite a bit. Um, we talked about this earlier, but they do have to be the same type, purchase or refi, but you could do either you know, some other type of purchase arrangement, uh, i.e. hard money, and then move those two deals, combine them with the other 14, do it all in one blanket loan. Um, that is an alternative. Uh, and then, if you're already needing to close in a shorter time frame, like I know some of these package opportunities, uh, maybe you're, you've got an opportunity to buy 20, but you can't take 30 or 45 days to close, you could potentially do hold money and then refi. And, um, we, you know, it does depend on the product. 6.99%, there's certainly no guarantees. Uh, it depends on a lot of factors, but there could be an opportunity for you to be able to do that if the size of the transaction is right. It may make more sense. Uh, than the bank arrangement, but you just got to look at them kind of side by side and see what works better for you depending on the unique situation that you're dealing with. Yeah, the way that I look at it is, you know, for those of you that are just trying to get cash flow to retire, this is a great product option to be able to build a portfolio, go back to Fannie and continue to grow beyond that 10 doors, or maybe you both qualify if you're married and you maybe have 19 plus your primary. For someone who's looking just at sheer return numbers, you have to calculate the cost of the refinance to decide what works right for you. And so for me, what I did is I looked at the numbers on every property and I wound up giving them 30 and some change to start with. But then I looked at others where, yeah, I could cash out and get cash out, but based on how long I thought I would hold it, how much it would actually change the cash flow, I made decisions on which ones made sense and which ones didn't. So it's not like you have to bring your entire portfolio into the program. You can look at properties one by one based on how long you think you're gonna keep it, how much it's gonna increase the cash flow. And for me, it was about the ones that had massive increases in value that I knew I was gonna cash out anyway, why not put it into this program? And that was really for me at the end of the day with how much values have gone up, why not lock in those properties that have performed so well in this type of product? And then some of us like me, we're not selling anything. You know, if you're a beginning of your career, you're following my model, you're doing everything we teach you to get to the level that I'm at now. And the level that I'm at now, I don't want to sell anything, you know, maybe only one or two properties a year. And that's because for me, it's 100% about building that portfolio. And if I were to follow my own model, I would never be able to find enough property to fill it. So you have to remember that it's all about where you are in your journey. And my job
job and Wade's job and Austin's job and all the people that work with us, our job is to guide you based on where you are today in your investing. You know, Wade is in kind of a similar situation that I am. We own a lot of property. And so the model does change as your needs and your investment strategy and your investment portfolio changes. And so just remember, this is all fluid. It's all moving. And we have to look at the market and everything going on. And, you know, right now with how much things are rising, as long as you can get to a high cash flow and a high return, there's no reason to 1031 unless you need those proceeds to continue investing. So if cashing these out to keep a performing asset and increase cash flow gives you enough equity in that cash out to go buy another, you may not need to do that 1031 model. And that's what's so key here and what this product allows us to do that working with Fannie Mae just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Couple questions for you. Do you work with series LLCs the way that they were intended, meaning that the properties can still stay in the sub LLCs? So uh, that question hasn't been presented yet. I do know it provides some complications in my previous experience, and I am going to assume that a series LLC would be a complication. I, and I would assume that you might have to put it into a single purpose entity, uh, or not necessarily a single purpose entity, I apologize for that, but just one entity. Um, I, I, it's something we could quit, you know, ask the question on. I can add that to my list, because you guys have had some great ones. On that one, I'm going to assume that it would probably not work with a series LLC. So I'm going to assume the same and not speaking from the legal protection standpoint, but from speaking from an investor tax filing property manager standpoint, I cannot stand series LLCs. And of the 1,200 plus investors that I work with, I only know of three or four that actually use them. They're very, very rare in the market subset we deal in. So just take that for what it's worth. Uh, does loan type determine based on tenant type in that if a tenant is government subsidy or section eight, does that disqualify it? Or as long as it's again, that year lease, is that okay? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We have tons of investors who use section eight and uh, that's really fine. Well, that's really good. Cause some of the ones I gave you are. <laughs> you Do you guys require a survey on the properties that are cashing out? So we would only require a survey if the title company required the survey for that particular property. Um, I think in general, uh, it's good to have a survey, uh, you know, just to have on record to make sure that your property is within the, the boundary lines. But uh, if the title company does not requirement, require it, then we want to require it. So for those of you that have been doing Fannie Mae, you're already going to have a survey. But for those of you that have been working with people like we do, we always recommend a survey and we do write those into our contracts. But like someone like me, if the seller's not paying for the survey, I don't waste five to $700 a property for a survey unless I have a concern with that lot. But as a licensee, I always have to recommend you have a survey. So again, take that for what it's worth. So let's look at the difference here between a 25 year AM and a 30 year AM, because I really want you to see how this changes the cash flow and why I'm saying that in many ways, this is a kind of no brainer. So if you look on the left here, I put some assumptions in, $175,000 house, 1475 rent. So just very normal numbers. And with a you know, pretty generous tax bill, leasing fee, et cetera, we've really tried to make it as reasonable to a property someone has been in for a couple of years as possible. So you'll notice on the 25 year AM, that return is at 6.52 
When you look on the right, when it's been refinanced back into a 30-year AM, and you'll notice that I actually put it rate to rate. So we didn't even include that potentially this 25-year AM product is really at more like a 4.5 or a 4.8. I'm just looking apples to apples. When you increase that amortization to 30 years, you actually increase your cash flow 27%. So your cash on cash return based on the cash you have out now goes up 1.79%. However, what happens and what we see is truly on the left side, you have more equity than what we're looking at. And that's because you've been in the loan, the value's gone up. So truly your real cash on cash return a few years in is actually much lower because all of that new equity yep. in the gain and the principal pay down has now increased the amount of equity you have in the property. So when you divide your cash flow into that equity, that return plummets. So in reality, it's probably going to be more like double the actual cash on cash return, maybe even triple in some cases. But just looking apples to apples, you're talking a 27% increase in return between 25 and 30 year. So just on this one property, that's over $65 a month in cash flow. So say that you have 20 properties, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money every month. And so it really starts to make a difference the more properties that you have. And so of course, amortization is a key player. Now, when you factor in the total return to principal pay down, i.e. both your cash flow plus how much you're paying down your mortgage, the return's pretty much the same, right? Because whether you're paying it to principal or whether you're not, it's about the same. So we really have to look at the monthly cash flow return to see that huge difference. And that's what we're looking at here. So I've put contact information up here for Catalyst as well as their email for the team that works on our accounts. And of course, as always, after this presentation, this is gonna be emailed out to all of you. It will also be on all of our channels. So I'm gonna give this opportunity now for y'all to give any final thoughts, Wade and Austin, and then also we'll answer a few final questions. So let's hit these questions I have right now first. How about properties that are utilized for co-living, i.e. like three month leases? That would not be a fit, correct? They do have to have the 12 months. Yes. Can they be maybe three or four months and do a 12-month lease, though? For sure. They just cannot be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it just cannot be expired. Is that right, Austin? Does it have to have 30 more days? I don't remember on that particular nuance. I think it just cannot be expired, right? Correct. Yep. Can't be expired at the time that the loan is originated. And I want to just reiterate again, because I keep getting these questions worded different ways. The blanket loan must be in one name because it's one loan. So however they're titled right now is irrelevant as long as at the time of doing the blanket loan, it's all in one name. So if you have five properties and you want it split between your LLC and your wife's LLC or something like that, that would not meet the criteria. But say you had 10 properties and you wanted to split it five and five, you could do that, but it would be two separate blanket loans and two separate closings. Let's see, can I buy my property with cash and then refi out with this product at a 75 LTV on the blanket loan? You can. Um, like we said, there's no max cash out, whether you're getting over 2,000 or where you're getting 75,000 on $100,000 value, that would be the same. Um, the one thing to keep in mind is uh, there's always a little bit of an increase to rate on either informing loans and these loans if you are getting cash. Out. So it's just one of the factors you want to weigh in. You can talk with your loan officer and see how much that quarter or half point may make a difference in your long-term investment. And maybe it is worthwhile to do a hard money and not eat up as much of your capital. Um, you guys, most of the borrowers are very affluent, but 
there may also be an op another opportunity that comes up. And if you eaten up all your cash, maybe you can buy that other great deal that comes across your desk. Absolutely. And then finally, for seasoning requirements, if they were to pay cash and then refinance out on the blanket loan, it's six month seasoning. Is that correct? So you have to own the property for three months in order to three months. Three months seasoning on both the individual product and the blanket loan product. Correct. Excellent. And then if you do a blanket loan, can you make extra monthly principal payments on that loan? You can make extra principal payments. Um, it would not decrease your payment as if you, you know, there's certainly no objection to doing that, and it would not count as a uh, prepayment. Would not trigger your prepayment. Um, now, if you paid off an individual property, that would, like, you you would have to actually remove the property from the portfolio and pay it off, right, by selling it or something else. Then that would be one way in which your payment would adjust and your uh, loan balance would adjust. Outside of that, it would doing a principal payment as if you had one individual, right? Like you can pay down your primary residence, you can apply an extra hundred bucks. It will go towards the principal every month because there's not that much interest to take the rest of it up, but it's not going to change the monthly payment or anything like that. Perfect. You guys have been fantastic. And, you know, obviously all of our clients, y'all have been great. This was a massive class that so we had a lot of great questions. Again, we'll send this out after. And if you have any follow-up questions, of course, you can always reach out to us or to Catalyst for those questions. Uh, guys, any final thoughts? I, I would like to talk real quick about process and I'll give it to Austin. I do want to make sure everyone understands the process because uh, this is a new product. We are working on having a separate uh, application for loans, but at the moment, if you go to our website, it is a two-part process, and I want to start, uh, explain why. There's an initial application that takes place with Catalyst Funding. There's a secondary application that takes place with the Catalyst Group at Security National Mortgage Company. The reason we want to do that is that that allows you to get any potential product we offer, conventional loans, primary refinance on your, on your home, uh, all kinds of alternative jumbo loans, every single product we have. Conversely, if we pull it in our entity, we cannot offer you every single product. We might have to pull credit again. So it is a two-step process. It's not extensive, but you do need to complete the Catalyst application in the Catalyst Group at Security National Mortgage Company application. Anything to add to that, Austin? Uh, as far as the application goes, no. Um, I do think uh, it's important to just know that there is two steps to the application. So you're going to go through, you're going to click submit, pop-up's going to come up, it's going to say step two. Just make sure you're completing them both back-to-back -to, -back to be able uh, to uh, get through the approval process efficiently and uh, get approved for all of our products. Um, the other thing that I did want to mention was in regards to the LLC uh, into whenever you're refinancing into a company name. So if you have a um, uh, somebody that you're working with, say it's a spouse, say it's a friend, and both of y'all have a large rental portfolio, and for some reason you were wanting to refinance y'all's properties together, um, you can create a entity um, where both of y'all are members, and then each of your properties can go into the entity in one transaction and close at once. Yeah. So basically, the LLC doesn't have to be seasoned, is what he's saying as well. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, the last thing that I'll say is if anybody was interested in our hard money product, um, we have we do offer 100 percent financing up to 75 percent of the after repair value. Uh, so we have no loan to cost. We don't require you to put down a certain percentage of the purchase price or repairs. You don't need to kick that in. So um, if you were looking at an opportunity and 
it's difficult to do in this market, but if you were to find a great opportunity, we would uh, finance 100% of the deal, closing costs and everything. One of the things to keep in mind is the reason some people use hard money is they don't have loans that roll in the repairs with a final ARV, high ARV or LTV at the end. And so they go hard money and then they refinance so that you're refinancing an already high loan amount instead of having to cash out and take a hit on the rate. So for those of you that are already doing our rehab product, probably that's not gonna be a fit for you. But if you had a great property and you wanted to include it in a blanket loan with another batch, you could close with that hard money and then immediately go do the blanket loan, you know, three months in because you have to have that seasoning period and you'd only be paying 6.99 for the three months, but after that refi, you'd benefit for 30 years of the low rate. So there's lots of ways to finagle hard money outside of flips and outside of just to have repair money. And so something to keep in mind as well. One other thing, how long does the bank typically close the banks that you guys work with? Can they close in like seven days or less? If it's a no, the fastest we can typically get them to for the for bigger customers is 21 to 25 days. And then for regular, you know, deals that are not high volume, 25 to 30. But we yeah. typically are dealing with deals with seven day closes. But you know, it just depends on what the client's looking for. You know, you know, Wade, we're we're not huge proponents of hard money because in our market subset, there's just not a need. But sure. for people who are flipping or, you know, maybe you're operating in a market where not and it's an area they offer hard money or you have a need for hard money or you find a deal that you need to close immediately to compete with cash and it's one that we send you, hard money is a phenomenal option for that not to have to give up your cash. Yeah, very good. Um, so we do have two lead loan officers on this program. They're some of our most experienced loan officers, as Austin mentioned. If the interest is greater than what those people will be able to facilitate, Austin and Jessica and David will still be the leads, but we may bring some other loan officers in to help out, but they are very well versed on the model that OmniKey has to the customers, the experience. So we're gonna be able to provide kind of a boutique service, very tailored for how you guys operate. And um, of course, I'm always available, Austin's always available. If, if you run into any complications, maybe someone's on vacation or something, you can always reach out to us, but we wanna make sure that we're very available to get your deals done on time. Me as well. And I would definitely recommend if you're interested, email them to start, don't call, because you have to remember there's about 300 people that will see this today, and that's before it goes to the wide masses. And so you'll get the best response probably by email, and it's a whole lot friendlier to them, especially since we're about to go into a weekend. But just my recommendation. <laughs> that's very true. That goes into uh that email address will be highly visible to management and it also goes into our CRM. And if they're not responding to it in a certain time frame, we get notifications. So that is absolutely the best way to reach out because it ensures you do not get lost in the shuffle. Because I do think we're going to get quite a few uh, inquiries from the, the webinar. So once again, Leah, we really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And I do want to say one final little statement. We work with a lot of people, guys. I have yet to see a client run as type of a ship as Wade does. So I fully expect that this product, that's exactly what you're gonna see and that's exactly what we wanna work with. So again, you know, I reiterate, there's no kickbacks for us, there's no benefit for us. They really are that incredible. So I hope this is a great fit for a bunch of you. I hope you enjoyed this webinar today. As always, we thank you for being part of the OmniKey family. Wade, Austin, thank you so much for being here. And uh, I look forward to seeing a bunch of you join me and using this great product because it really is quite incredible and we wanna use it while it's here because it won't last forever. Everybody take care and have a great rest of your week. Thanks, Leah. Thank you. Thank you.